Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing I realize that there may be people here that that don't know me, and that's understandable. My name is Russell, last name Thornberry. My wife and I moved up here to Woodland Park in about 2009, I believe it was, and uh, we spent half the year here, half our year in Alberta, which is where my wife came from. And uh, now we're back after being gone for about 13 years. We've been pastoring up in a little uh, community in the foothills of the Alberta Rockies. And so we are now living here. A year ago, in uh, July 4th, we moved back from Canada. And it was really nice to to have a a church we were familiar with to come back to. So we kind of just picked up where we left off. And I'm one of two guys, me and uh, Nick Roman, were asked to kind of handle the pulpit while Chris Austin is gone on sabbatical. And so um, we don't hear much from Chris because he's really on sabbatical. Although I did get a very encouraging picture from him the other day. Just a picture of, I, I just gave him one of my dip nets that I had several of, and he sent me a picture of it filled with a fish, and so I, I know he's doing fine. Um, I am a, uh, I'm not sure if I'm reformed or still in the process of being reformed. Um, what do you call a, a natural born introvert? An idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't mind, I prefer introvert. <laughs> However, uh, I married someone who would not allow that to continue. <laughs> and uh, uh, if it were not for her, I would probably elect, or I would have elected to live in the very dark end of a cave somewhere. <laughs> but slowly but surely over 54 years, she's bringing me out of my shell. Uh, with Charlene, you laugh or die, one or the other. And uh, But I want to say this about her. She is one of the most natural-born encouragers that I've ever met. That's why I don't live in a cave somewhere. Uh, and she's been the ultimate encouragement to me all our married life. And so I'm going to turn her loose on you this morning. And... Um, be kind, honey, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll be encouraged. This is my wife of 54 years, Charlene. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want that. Just kidding about the introverts, all you introverts that just got offended. I'm sorry. I was just joking, actually. I need introverts in my life because they help calm me down, so it's all good. It's all good. So my hope this morning is 
to absolutely encourage all of us in our walk with the Lord. So I want to read a story from um, the Bible. It's, if you want to look, it's Matthew 11, and I'm reading from verses 1 to 12. This is the story about uh, John the Baptist. So I'm in Matthew 11, verses 1 to 12. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Isn't, isn't, don't you find that interesting? Because he was paving the way for Jesus, and they were cousins, and he leapt in his mother's womb when Mary came uh, to visit them. And so he, he knew, and he was paving the way, but he had questions, kind of like we all do at different times in our life. Like, are you, say, are you who you say you are? Like, I'm not seeing or feeling any evidence of that right now. You know, it's a, it's a natural question that John had, and he was in prison, hoping, I'm sure, like we would too, that Jesus would come and rescue him. We would want that too. He knew Jesus could do it. He knew it. So nevertheless, he asked this question. So Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now listen to this. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Wow. That's the message that went back to John. Like, yes, John, all these things are happening, but I'm not coming. And you're blessed if you can remain unoffended by this. So many things in our lives, you know, I know in all of us that have happened where we could easily slip into offense. Like, well, are you God or are you not? Are you in charge or control or what are you here? Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Because Jesus knew the bigger picture, didn't he? For John the Baptist, that John the Baptist at the time couldn't see. As John's disciples were leaving... Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. Isn't that interesting? And this is, this is what he's saying to them. What did you go out in the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? You know, he's challenging them. He's challenging their thinking. Like, why did you go? A prophet? Well, yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Now, he, now Jesus is now quoting Isaiah 40, verse 3. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is foretelling, or he's telling, excuse me, quoting Isaiah. 
I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Well, like what? And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And that's what we're going to, going to talk about. Like, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's what Jesus said. So isn't that us? Don't we qualify? We're in that lineage. Like, so he's speaking to us. Okay, now we're going to switch gears and I want to talk about the movie Braveheart. Have most of you seen it, or some of you? Or, okay, so you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, so Braveheart was the story about William Wallace and Robert the Bruce in Scotland. So Robert was a Scottish noble, but he betrayed William Wallace, but then after he rose up to lead Scotland to freedom after Wallace's execution interesting dynamic went on there. So this is a tale of Robert the Bruce. Now this is one that is history and legend. And the story goes, he died in 1329. He was only 54 years old when he died. But before he died, he, he requested that his heart be removed from his body after he died, and um, taken on crusade by a worthy knight. And his closest friend, whose name was James Douglas, was by his bedside when he made this request, and so he promised him that he would honor that, that when he died, that he would take out his heart, have it embalmed, wear it ar around his body whenever he went into battle. And so that's exactly what happened. He, he wore it around his neck. So in the spring of 1330, Douglas sailed from, uh, from Scotland to Granada, Spain, to engage in battle against the uh, Moors. So now it's a serious battle, and they were losing, and he knew his death was imminent. And so he took this container from his neck with, a, with this embalmed heart in it, and he threw it into the, towards the enemy. But he's saying to his soldiers, he's saying, fight for the heart of your king. As he threw it, fight for the heart of your king. All right, so that's my challenge to us. Will we fight for the heart of our king? And if we have actually responded to the call of Jesus to leave everything and follow him, then there's something within us, deep within us, that is crying out, fight for the heart of our king. Whether we're aware of it or not, if you've yielded to that call of Jesus to come and follow him, it's in you. It's in you. And what's interesting about this, we're really called to an unconventional war. John Eldridge talks a lot about this, like, wake up, everybody, you're in a war. It's just that we know who, who wins. But you know what I'm saying? He, he's, John, in his ministry of Wild at Heart, is trying to 
encourage people to pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on in your lives. You have forces that are working against you. But we don't have to be unaware of his schemes. And we also know who is the victor in the story. But that doesn't mean there's not a battle. There is a battle. But ours is an unconventional war. And, and, and our weapons are faith, hope, and love. Those are our weapons. And it's a dangerous war that we're in, and it will cost us everything. But Jesus gave this example to all of us. Remember when he said, come, you know, follow me, follow me. And then his last words were, okay, now go. This is the barbarian way. It's, it's the call to unleash the untamed faith that is within you. It's in you. It's in you because Christ lives within you. And Christ, Jesus Christ, was a barbarian. I mean, some of the things he said and did, like, what on earth? He was so radical, so incredibly radical. Well, so are we. We may have tamed ourselves down to fit in to our family or our culture, sometimes even our churches. We may have kind of dummied it down a bit to be accepted and to not rock the boat. And so I want to talk about what does a barbarian look like, really? What, is it, what does that barbarian look like? So 15 years ago, Kathleen, you'll remember this, Stephanie, I'm not sure, but there was a group of us from this church that went over to Scotland. Were you on that trip, the second one? No? Kathleen, you were, uh, Christy, right, okay. So there was a team um, that went to Scotland. I think, I don't think there were nine or ten of us. And it was a worship team, and we went over to Paisley, and we met a woman there whose name was Amy Munguor-Basir, and she was from the Congo. Now, she had a really interesting story because when she was in the Congo, she became a Christian and then was targeted along with 13 other people. They, they were all imprisoned and get prepared to be shot. And she knew that, and they were trumped-up charges. I mean, there was nothing real about why they took her. Okay, so the day comes. This is a true story. We met the woman. This is a true story. So, she, so the day comes when they're being executed. So they line up all 14 of these prisoners. She's number 13. So the soldiers, just, just like that, shoot number one, number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 14. She was number th 13, and they didn't shoot her. And there was no explanation. And she didn't know why that had happened, but she was spared. So now here she is in Scotland, and she says, I have no right to sin. Isn't that interesting? She had been spared, and she didn't know why. I mean, she assumed there was a purpose, but do you see what I'm saying? There was no reason giving to her why they didn't just shoot her. She was standing ready to be shot, and they didn't shoot her. I have no right to, to sin. 
That's her response. Beautiful. That's the barbarian way, isn't it? It's like, oof. Like she didn't come out of it like, oh, thank you, Jesus, and then go on and live a normal life. She became a barbarian. Like, come on. Really? And so there was another woman in Glasgow, and we were at a small group in a small church. I think it was like a Bible study, but the team was uh, leading worship and ministering. Okay, so all this is going on with these ladies over here, and our team is ministering. And over here, there's a woman, and she's, she's dancing, and, and I, I'm not saying this with any, with any judgment, but it wasn't like beautiful sort of ballet dancing, but she was just all over the place. And, um, but she was to the side, so she wasn't trying to be a spectacle or anything. She was just giving her. And um, I went up to her afterwards, and I asked her, okay, so tell me your story. And she said, I was abused by my mother all my life. Serious abuse. And she said, Kathleen, you'll be able to say this better than me. I am just flabbergasted by his love for me. And so she was, she was being a barbarian. She was out there. She didn't care whether it was beautiful, poetic dance. She didn't. She was being a barbarian. She had been set free from all this abuse that she had suffered her whole, her whole life. And she, she was just like, come on. You see, that's the barbarian way. way. It's what you do with what's been handed to you. I have a friend who lives in Georgia. Her name is Pat Shields. And we met her when we lived in Texas for a while. She had an in, has a very interesting story. She had a son, a grown son, who died in Georgia in a skydiving accident on Good Friday. On Christmas Eve, her daughter died of Crohn's disease. Right after that, she developed breast cancer, survived that. She had been divorced by a husband. She was blindsided by that and had to declare bankruptcy. After she recovered from breast cancer, she, got, she, was, she really suffered with West Nile virus. And her story is, her, her story is, God has been so good to me. That's a warrior. That's a barbarian. It's like, what? Like when, you first, when I first met her and first heard her story, and I thought, well, that's a nice end to a terrible life. You know, it's a nice, let's tag that along. You know, God's been so good to me. But she meant it. See, she, she was unoffendable. Blessed are, are those who are not offended because of me. She was unoffendable. She became a barbarian. And she is to this day. She still proclaims, God has been so good to me. It's profound. It's one of those radical, like, what? You can't wrap your head around it at the beginning through, from all that she suffered. Yet, she's maintained. God has been so good. It's a beautiful story. So let's give some more examples of what barbarians look like. I know that there's a time and place in our life 
when we're in battle where we're like, you know, and we pull out the swords and we're doing the, you know, I rebuke you. There's a place for that. There is absolutely a place for that and a time for that when that's what we're called to, that kind of battle for sure. But what about for those of us that aren't called to that kind of life? Here's what a barbarian looks like. Stephanie, when you walk into the school, Jesus has entered the building. That's the barbarian way, girl. You are in a very privileged position in that school. And when you walk in, whether you say the name of Jesus or not, that's the barbarian way, girl. You could just stay home. You know what I'm saying? We all could. But that's the barbarian way. Get out there, girl. It's good. Michelle Patterson, when you write a song, you are ministering to the hearts of the listeners. That's the barbarian way. Way. It's beautiful. They're not, she's not just like writing songs to write songs. She's writing songs to encourage people to live the barbarian way, to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That's barbarian. Write those songs, girl. Write those songs. Give us more. Give us more. Men, all you men, as you labor and contribute to the workforce to provide for your families, it's the barbarian way. I love it. The atmosphere in your workplace should change when you walk into whatever business you're involved with. Because Jesus just entered the building. So that's either true or false. But if it's true, shouldn't we start acting like it's true? Like, Jesus just, not with arrogance, but like, Jesus just entered the building. (laughs) Hallelujah. Melanie, when you share your gift of artistic expression with your students, they're being touched by Jesus. It's the barbarian way. You don't have to do that. You don't have to teach art. You're in charge of this whole school. Like, you don't have to do that. But you do it because God placed something in you, and you're not content to just keep it to yourself. And so when you're encouraging them, you're being a barbarian, girl. That's good. I love it. It's beautiful. Jackie, when you offer wise counsel... You are speaking on behalf of the lover of their souls. Huge responsibility. That's the barbarian way. You don't have to do that. There's lots of counselors in the world. But you've chosen to step forward with what God has placed in you. That's the barbarian way. It's like, you go, girl. You go and you listen to God and you speak those things that you're hearing him say to them. It's wonderful. Christy, as you share your knowledge of singing, your students are getting way more than that. You know that, right? And I know that. We all know that. They're experiencing the love of Jesus that lies within her. It's the barbarian way. She didn't have to do that, but she's being a barbarian because she knows that there's something in her. That's barbaric. 
you know, she's not just not teaching people how to sing. Anybody can do that who's a singer. She's giving them so much more than that. Nicolette, when you're up here, you're being barbaric. You are. You, you, you have a tender, sweet, uh, gentle spirit, and it comes out, and we all just want to go seriously and bask in that peace. Tommy, where's Tommy? Barbarian, when you prayed with that girl after the Sound of Freedom move in the bathroom, right? Barbarian. She goes into the bathroom after seeing the movie, and there's a woman there crying who had lost her child, never to be found. Now, she could have like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that's so sad. But you know what she did? She became a barbarian. She was just like, okay, let's pray. She didn't even know this woman. That's barbarian. That's good. And you and Leslie, when you pour your lives out for these kids, you don't have to do that. That's barbarian. It's the barbarian way. It's like somebody's got to. And it's on you. God's put that on you. And he's put it on Leslie for a season. Kathleen, when you go into that store, the day you go in, it's the same thing. When you walk into that store to serve those people, Jesus just entered that store. It's the barbarian way. Barry Patterson, when you edit podcasts for Wild at Heart, you are helping the listeners receive from Jesus that's not just a job. Like, that's powerful stuff. You know, that, that God is uh, um, an assignment that God has for him in his role in the kingdom. And we all have that role, a role. You know, we're not just blobs of whatever. You know what I'm saying? We're created for a purpose. <laughs> to love and honor God in the best way that we know how. And here's the thing about the barbarian way. There's nothing boring about the barbarian way. There isn't, is there? It's about love, intimacy, passion, and sacrifice. That's the barbarian way. And God has, in, in the same as in the biblical days, he called people to do radical things. <laughs> He's called some of you to do radical things where you're thinking, what? I have a nice life up in Canada. That's my home. That's where I was born. And you want us to what? Move back to Woodland um, No slam against Woodland Park. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it here, but I'm just saying, but free health care, you know, uh, pastoring a church, lived in a little log cabin in the woods, just how you would imagine it. And it's like, who want us to say goodbye to all of this, plus my family. Granted, I have family down here, and I'm very glad to be here. But you see what I'm saying? It's a barbarian way to follow Jesus. <laughs> but would you have it any other way? I'd be bored stiff. I know that I would. I, I need a lot of variety. I kind of thrive. Russell's is the only thing that I've kept stable in my life. <laughs> Yeah. And there were a few times. <laughs> okay, listen, listen to this, and then I'll wind this down. Jesus did not hang on a cross to keep us in line. Right? He just didn't. He didn't. He began a revolution, and he's working through us. 
We're chosen. We get to do this. We get to live a barbarian life in a world that's gone kind of nuts. And we're the, we have the truth. It's the barbarian way. We're here for such a time as this, and we get to do it. We get to be barbaric. I don't know, I just love it. If you're a follower of Christ, there is in you a raw and untamed faith waiting to be released. You may have had some disappointments in your life where your faith kind of wavered. That's all right. John the Baptist. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's okay. It's all right. Let's see. I don't want to live an average life, a normal life. I never have wanted to live a normal Christian life. I am living a normal Christian life, but it's a bit barbaric. And that's what I want. I want that faith that Jesus had where he was able to speak to crowds of people and tell them radical things like, love your enemies? Are you nuts? He was radical. He was a barbarian. And if he lives within us, so are we. So there's something deep within us that yearns for that to be completely unleashed on the world. And I don't mean in an obnoxious, you know, pushy way, although sometimes he calls us to that too. But Jesus is calling us all to fight for the heart of our king. Fight for the heart of our king. William Wallace's father said to him, your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. We can suppress it. And by the way, and if you do, God is not going to be mad at you. And you will still get to go to heaven. William Wallace said to the princess of Wales, every man dies, but not every man lives. And will you fight for the heart of your king? And I know that you're all, all of you are already doing it. I could have, if I had known, if I knew you all, I could have told a story on every one of you of how you're being barbarians in your life and in your work, in your, um, uh, with your families. So Russ and I read this quote, and, and we, we hold to it. We heard it many years ago. Maybe you've heard this. Listen to this. Life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside, barely used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaim, wow, what a ride. <laughs> Isn't that how you want to go out? That's how I want to go out, like, yee-haw, I did it. And God was faithful, faithful and loved me through my whole journey, even the ugliness of my journey, the horrible parts of my story that I don't want to tell you. Do you know what I'm saying? He loves me, loves me, loves me. So let me just end on this, and then I do want to pray for all of us. See if you can tell me who wrote this. You are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Okay, 
Just think who, who might have written that. You are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Anybody got any ideas? Okay. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Oh, that's great. It was Winnie the Pooh. It was Winnie the Pooh. Well, if Winnie the Pooh knows this, surely we can grab onto this. So it's like it's acknowledging in our lives what we believe. So it's not what you know. It's what will you believe. Either he lives within you, and if he does, you're a barbarian, or he doesn't live within you. You can still be a barbarian, but not in a good way, <laughs> right? So my call to all of us, including us, you know, we, we know we're on the downside now. We're, I just turned 73 yesterday. Russ is how old are you? 78, right? 79? <laughs> Coming. So we're on the home stretch, and we know it. And we get to be down here with our children and our grandchildren. When the Lord put that in our hearts to come down... You know, we thought that that would be a right thing because we're getting older and, you know, and maybe they'll have to take care of us, God forbid. But, you know, you just don't know. But we, we were glad to come down, not knowing how much we'd be needed by our family right now. We didn't know that. And we also didn't know that we would love being here. We love it. We went back to Alberta for a month in June, and when we crossed that border, both Russ and I were just like, this isn't home anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just do those barbaric things, and he's not obligated to tell you why you're doing it, by the way. He's just asking us to obey. Live the barbarian way as he directs, and we follow his lead. He is either for us or against us. What will you believe? And if he's for you, if you can settle in your hearts that he's for you and that he loves you, no matter what you've been through or are going through or will go through, if you can settle that in your hearts, that he does indeed love you, despite what your circumstances and your enemy might try and tell you, you are lo loved. You are lo loved. And, and, and my hope for all of us is that we just go out swinging. Seriously, go out swinging. I don't want to go out peacefully. I won't go out peacefully. So, so let's see. How about let's, let's do this. I have thought about this, so it's not like the supernatural thought that just came to me. I, 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 have, I was thinking about this earlier. <laughs> that if you want to... Step into that barbarian way. If you want that untamed faith that's in you to rise to the surface, then why don't we just stand? No shame if you don't want that. But if you do, let's just stand. Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for creating each and every one of us in our mother's womb for a purpose to honor and glorify you and partner with you in ushering in the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. What an honor, what a privilege for every one of us. And Father, you can see we're all standing. We're all saying, yes, come, Lord Jesus, show me the barbarian way. Give me the courage to live it out. 
to not be afraid knowing that you love me and you've got my back. So, Father, I pray for all of every one of us and the children downstairs, for Russ and I. Give us courage, Father. Give us courage to step into that barbarian way that you've called us to. And we will be faithful, Father, to you and to each other as we walk out this barbarian journey that you've called us to. Thank you that you, you started a revolution and we still get to be a part of it. Whether we want it or not, we're here. It's a revolution and we have the answers. So give us courage when we're standing in the grocery line. Give us courage when we're just having eye contact with a stranger and greeting them. Give us courage, Lord, to walk into the barbarian way that you've called each one of us to. And every one of those journeys is different. So we yield, Father. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. We will be obedient to that barbarian call that's on each one of our lives and it's going to look different for each one of us but give us courage father increase our faith Ooh, like bring that untamed thing right to the surface so we can live it in full expression of who you are so we say thank you father amen It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.